Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Marshall Kent. Marshall bowled collegiately at Robert Morris University. He recently also just came back from winning the 2017 World Bowling Championship. So, Marshall, Tim Berg, Coach K, Steve Klemkin, thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. Well, Marshall, let's begin right there. What does it mean for you to win the World Bowling Championships in Vegas? I know that's something you've been uh, aiming for, and what does that mean? Uh, it means the absolute world. I mean, that's that's the that's the job we went there to accomplish. And uh, you know, the uh, USA hasn't won since 2010, I believe. And um, I was a part of the team that came up just short in 2014 in Abu Dhabi, and that kind of left a sour taste in our mouths. And we were glad to go into this year and get some redemption and come back with a gold medal. And what uh, you know, lane conditions. Uh, there was a lot of talk, and you know, we watched a lot of live streaming action. And I was fortunate enough to spend a couple of days down there early in the tournament. But uh, what what kind of approach did you guys take to that you know really demanding Beijing pattern, the 39 foot pattern that was very flat, a lot of hook in the middle, and it seemed like it was you know at times to get kind of lined up and be able to control the pocket. Yeah, that was that was brutal, but it made for a fun challenge, especially since the week before we just got done bowling the World Series and they were. They're pretty scorable that week, so to go from something really scorable to really challenging is an interesting transition. And uh, we kind of found that the pair to pair difference kind of made the made the difference in scoring pace because you'd hit a pair or two that were pretty good, and you can scramble two twenty, two thirty out of it. But then you'd hit the pairs that uh, weren't quite as friendly, and you had to manage one eighty, one ninety, and just kind of take it and move on. So pair to pair management was pretty big, and then uh, communication as a team kind of making sure we see that pair and recognize that it's good or bad before we throw a ball and uh, just making sure we're all lined up and have the game plan to go was, was huge for our success. So, Marshall, you, you, you alluded to it earlier that you were, you were really – the team event was what you guys were all aiming for. How were you able to, though, maintain your focus on the singles, doubles, and trios then because team was last? So what were you able to draw from and, and how was bowling at co- in college at Robert Morris? Was there anything there that maybe you – you could take from that as far as ways to, you know, keep your energy focused and stay in the moment, you could say? Uh, yeah, collegiate bowling definitely helped with that because it was five-man team again, and that's how the same format as college bowling. So it's a completely different pace of play compared to when you bowl a tour event and there's four people on a pair. All of a sudden you go from four to ten. Uh, pace of play is a little slower. It's kind of hard to stay in a rhythm, but college definitely helped out with that. And uh, it you know, during the singles, doubles, and trios event, we kind of, I mean, obviously we want to win every day, but we almost use those days more to learn what the uh, what the pairs are doing and what the pattern, how the pattern is playing and uh, what equipment looked best. And we use the first two days, especially the singles and doubles, to kind of uh, straighten out our arsenal because we were limited to six bowling balls, but we could swap a couple in and out during the week. So we definitely use the first two days as a kind of a, a learning curve to figure out which balls are going to look good, what zones of the lane are going to look pretty good, and uh, kind of put it all together in a team event. 
Yeah, you guys definitely put it all together. I mean, the start of the week when I was there watching, you know, it was kind of interesting. The one guy uh, uh, who won the all events for the men, guy from Taiwan, actually was a spinner style. And that's actually, you know, brought up a little bit more uh, attention to that style, you know. And there's a lot of people who maybe saw it on live stream for the first time that weren't even really familiar with, with that particular technique. Now, uh, you know, AJ, he bowled great. He, I know he got a, a bronze medal for the all events and stuff. Um, it is the Storm Collegiate Spotlight, so feel free to kind of shamelessly plug any Storm bowling balls. But uh, w what particular balls were, were you using down there, and did you check in since you were limited just to six balls? Well, the first couple of days during the week, uh, the Phase 2 and the Alpha Cucks were pretty good. Uh, actually, Hyro Dana looked pretty good. But then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. halfway through the week, like they, can play, they play completely different, and all of a sudden the higher pin symmetric balls didn't look very good. Um, for me personally, I would throw a lot stronger, uh, lot stronger layouts to kind of get the ball into a roll soon enough. Otherwise, everything is too hard off the spot down lane, and you couldn't really control the mm -hmm. pocket very well. And so you had to mm -hmm. go from trying to strike every shot to maybe you know having a, a lucky double on a flat ten here or there that you can spare and uh, just kind of man manage the one three instead of trying to go for that two fifty look. Um, mm -hmm. And Taipei had a really good week because uh, on when the conditions are like that, their style is so efficient that, you know, they don't see the pair to pair transition and uh, they can just hit the one in front and make their spares. And, you know, when, when the scoring pace is 210, they're definitely a force to be reckoned with. And um, we were fortunate enough to come away with a win against them in the, in the medal round. But um, it's almost like they bowl worse when they're easy because <laughs> they feel like they have to keep up with the mm -hmm. scoring pace. But, um, mm -hmm. We ran into a couple times where the scoring pace is two oh two ten, and they just go and dominate. Yeah, yeah, AJ. Speaking of that, did you guys notice any? Was the transition any different for you guys regarding having to bowl uh, crossing with the guys doing the, the you know the spinner release? You know, it wasn't significant enough to really change our game plan. We had uh, during the team that we had our game plan of breaking down like six, seven, eight to kind of give us some room to the right to hook uh, kind of a hook spot and. Uh, threw some urethane balls up 14, 15 to try to create some hold. And, you know, their their style, it, it didn't really, from what I saw, it didn't really affect our transition just because we were creating so much more angle. We didn't really see their breakdown or carry down until, like, the last five feet of the lane. So by then it was almost like insignificant. Now there's definitely on this team, I mean, there's some collegiate experience here. So lane conditions, you know, in college, a lot of times those were lower scoring uh, tougher patterns for sure as well. I mean, does college bowling, does that kind of prepare you, help you get ready for Team USA? Well, college was huge, yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said before, with the five-man five, five -man teams, the pace of the play is just so slow. It's um, And college bowling helps you kind of adjust to that to that uh, pace of play and trying to get into the rhythm and be able to keep a rhythm for a longer period of time. And uh, it helps with the communication as well. You, just, you start to see uh, – other bowlers' ball reactions, make your own moves based on what you see from other bowlers, and you just you just learn how to communicate between teammates so much more efficiently. So I 100% I agree that cause was a big factor in uh, some of our success this week. Yeah, so AJ, so talk about that and, and some of the, you know, your teammates, you guys, you know, um, <laughs> you guys get together in Arlington at the campus and work on your games and practice with, with the coaches and everything and then the players. But just talk about what it means to you to bowl with those guys and to get together and to be on the same team with them. It's, it's been a blast, that's for sure, because you go from seeing them on TV every Sunday and looking up to them to bowling on the same team. And 
um, trying to accomplish the same goal together. And then, you know, we've, we've gotten used to it going on tour for the last four or five years, but um, I mean, still, you, you look up to him as role models and feel born on the same team as him. It's just an honor and a privilege, and it's it's an experience like no none other. Hey, what kind of uh, what kind of advice do you have then for you know some of the younger players who are trying to figure out what's the you know right school or right university to go uh, you know bowling program? You chose Robert Morris University. Why'd you why'd you pick them? And what kind of advice do you have for other people trying to figure out what schools are right for them? Well, my first tip for anyone looking to bowl college is go for school first. Um, there's plenty of colleges that offer scholarships for bowling. Uh, just go somewhere that has your degree, because uh, I mean, if, yep, it's no, it makes no sense to sacrifice uh, or settle for a degree you don't want just to bowl at a school you want to go to. So there's plenty of good programs out there. So make sure you know what you want to study first, and then narrow down your schools from there. Um, and then you know, if if it works out to where you you learn a lot and you feel like you can be competitive, you know, try try out the tour for a couple of years. I mean, I've mm. kind of said it from day one. I'd rather say, oh, well, than what if, you know. So, you know, if mm. you bowl tour yeah. you for two years, you don't like it, then, you know, you can always just have your degree to go back on and you can get a job and bowl part-time. But, you know, if the tour ends up working out, then, you know, you kind of set your direction for uh, your career. Hey, Marshall, you, you hit on something earlier where you talked about management of the pairs and the pair-to-pair with the South Point there having the U.S. Open, uh, USBC Open Championships last year, you know, we had the topography reports. Were those useful to you guys at all, or, or was it was that stuff provided as well, or did you have to go back and use that, or did any of that, was it kind of a blank slate just based on the different pattern you guys were bowling on? Well, we, we didn't really utilize the topography map a whole lot just because a lot of us had bowled in that center quite often, so we knew which pairs had the red flags and which pairs were good, kind of just by memory and by uh, notes in the past in that building. So, um, although the, the topography map was definitely useful, we felt like we already knew which pairs were kind of the red flags that we need to look for and which ones again were, were the good ones. And um, normally, normally out of the six of us, one of us knew what was going on when the pair could communicate to the team what what we saw on that pair in the past or the past few days or the past couple of years and be able to make adjustments based off of that. And I think that's a subject that's really come up a lot, you know, when you're talking about successful teams is, you know, communication. And uh, that's one of the things, you know, in college bowling that you learn uh, maybe as compared with youth bowling when you're really kind of bowling just as an individual. You know, when you're thrown into the college environment, you have to learn how to, to communicate and work together and talk to your teammate and be on the lane. And I think that same kind of thing sort of shows in, you know, Team USA level of competition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, communication is huge because it saves you. 10, 20, even 50 pins a game trying to figure out the pair. So all of a sudden you go from spending four frames to try to figure it out on your own to uh, seeing three shots and figuring out what the pair is doing in the first frame. And now you have nine frames to go where you can take advantage of what you know and try to put up a number. Yeah, so this is something that you see a lot at college tournaments and even watching up at, in, uh, in Las Vegas is you guys all watch each other's shots. But if we go to any league in any center in any mm-hmm. town nine times out of ten, after I throw my shot, for instance, I don't pay attention until I go up again, and I haven't seen what the other nine or ten people have maybe done on the lanes. Talk about why that's – it seems you know, common sense that you'd watch the other players, but talk about why that's so important, especially when you're bowling on – I mean, it, it happens on house shot. There's transition. I can't imagine what it would be like on, on some of those more challenging conditions as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a little different in league, too, because you're bowling on the same pair for all three games. From for the most part, from what I know, and uh, when you will these kind of tournaments with 
college and team USA, you're moving to a different pair after every game. So um, seeing the first two or three shots on the pair are huge because, you know, you never know when you're going to hit a pair that hooks 12 boards more. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden you go from having great ball reaction to now you have to shell down and move 10 boards left and play a different angle based off what uh, the players on that pair previously game did. So those first two or three shots on a pair are, are pretty critical and, um, you usually want to lead off four that can make a good shot and give you a good read. Um, let, let the rest of the team know what the pairs is doing. And it is funny, you know, you see a lot of times those pairs do change and differ. And, and this is in a bowling center that's, you know, they pay a lot of attention to, to uh, topography, right? I mean, at the World Championships and the yeah. South Point, I mean, this is a bowling center that's, that, uh, you know, this is a new center, installation, re-level, like all kinds of stuff. So you could imagine how important it is in you know your average bowling center across America and how and really around the world how different it can can be from from pair to pair just based off of wear and topography and, and even how the the people break down the lanes uh, the teams in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think topography is a very underutilized uh, knowledge resource, I guess you can say, because I don't think a whole lot of players know how how big of a difference uh, bad topography can make on a pair and. And knowing the difference between pair to pair before you get there is, is huge. Because you go save 20, 30 pins a game, and now all of a sudden you go from trying to make the cut to being in the top five. Mm-hmm. All right, Marshall, final question I have. You mentioned some of the equipment that worked well for you in Vegas. What in the Storm and Roto line, though, aside from some of the stuff you mentioned earlier, you mentioned the High Road Nano and the Alpha Crux and, uh, and Phase 2, what else is working for you and what else are you really liking out there? Uh, my go-tos lately have been an IQ Tour and a Code Black. Um, the IQ just gives me a good good read of what the lane's doing. It's a really good, really solid benchmark ball. And the Code Black, I feel like I can get in and be aggressive with my moves and uh, go after that 250 scoring pace with that ball because I know when it gets there, it's going to strike nine, nine out of ten times for sure. So those have been my uh, two go-tos pretty recently. All right, and final question I have for you then is the team trials. Is that coming up in your future? Do you have any of the tournaments before then, or are you participating in Vegas for the team trials? I have nothing until team trials, so I'm going to take a little time. I'm going to go snowboarding with a little brother a few times. Ooh, uh, and... all right. <laughs> yeah. And, now, you're, uh, now you're talking my language there, Marshall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard you a little bit yourself. <laughs> Love it. Um, and, and, and then I'm – about 85% sure I'm bowling team trials. I mean, we'll see how I feel. I'm, it's been a long seven months of bowling, so I'm kind of burnt out. So we'll see how I feel in a couple of weeks and make a decision from there. Yeah, I was going to ask. I was. Um, <laughs> it seems like that for you guys. You had the World Series. You went to Vegas. Two mentally grueling uh, competitions. How did you prepare yourself, if you could, for both of those? Well, not only that, we had the U.S. Open to be prepared. And the U.S. Too. Open, yeah, so, sorry. <laughs> so we, had, we had 56 games there. I will. 75 in Reno, and then we bowled 24, 25 in Vegas, something like that. So about two league seasons worth in six weeks. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to prepare for that many games. I mean, you have to up your practice regimen a little bit, but um, just kind of taking care of yourself, taking care of your body, and make sure you're covered the right way. And you know, I I did a lot of stretching, and um, actually worked out quite a bit too, uh, just to kind of help stay in shape and I think that helps a lot. Good stuff and uh and thanks again Marshall for your time and congrats on that team gold. Again I know that's the 
that's the ultimate achievement, and that's what Team USA and, and really all the other teams bowling in that tournament really focus on and cherish the most of the World Championships. So nice job. Continue the good work, and uh, have a happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Hey, thank you very much. You as well.